Welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, a 6-3 winning edition of Blue Jays baseball over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Show Ali, Ben Nicholson-Smith with you for about eh, 20-25 minutes as we break down this 6-3 win over Shohei Otani and the Angels, Ben. And uh, first of all, you and uh, Ben Shulman did an absolutely fantastic job tonight. Ben, on his uh, the maiden voyage on the Sportsnet Radio Network, he did an absolutely brilliant job. Looking forward to tomorrow's call. So I guess dealer's choice, Ben. Where do you want to start? You want to start with Hyunjin Ryu. You want to start with the offense because I feel like, at least for me, whenever I see a Blue Jays pitcher not get run support this year. It's been, you know, you kind of, you kind of cringe a little bit, but you know what? For the first time all season, I think it was four, nothing early on. Hyunjin Ryu, he gives up the two runs relatively early on, right after the blue Jays tack on a couple of their own. And for the first time, it feels like in a while, them not scoring right away. didn't feel like the death knell for this offense. I got to say, it was a nice feeling. It was a really nice feeling. Absolutely. Uh, definite difference. And I want to say to start, yes, definitely uh, congrats to Ben yes. Shulman for a great broadcast. Absolutely. How about a home run call in the first batter of the game? <laughs> that was awesome to, to witness and, uh, and to listen to that. So uh, with that said, you know, I do think that the Jays um, have, have really shown signs of turning the corner and that's the, that's key. This, this team is built to score. They are built to be an offensive team, maybe even an offensive juggernaut, some would say. Um, so to get three home runs in a game, support Ryu, set in motion, a really solid win, that's a, a big step for this team. When you say uh, some would say this team is built to be an offensive juggernaut, I think that really means everyone at Sportsnet basically has said that. <laughs> I feel like going back yes. to like spring training, me, you, Arden, Shy, <laughs> Arash, Hazel, everyone, right? Blair and Barker, everyone. And hey, it's uh, good to see them score. They scored the eight runs against St. Louis in that mini series a couple of days ago and then six runs tonight. I mean, you, you were talking about this with Ben on the broadcast that getting six runs doesn't really feel like it doesn't really feel like that's a lot of runs in today's day and age. I mean, it may, it, maybe it feels even less when you look at the out of town scoreboard today and you see the, the reds of all teams putting up 20 runs and the Dodgers putting up what 12 runs and the Red Sox putting up 16 runs. You think to yourself, okay, well in theory, the blue Jays should be as good. Well, certainly better than the reds, but as good as some of these other offenses, why aren't they doing that? But Hey, the, the starting pitching all season, Ben has been absolutely phenomenal. So to see them get some run support today uh, is always very encouraging, very positive. I thought the approaches at, in almost every AB today were very positive. All of the swings looked very smooth. Bo Bichette with a very smooth swing on the RBI double in the third. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. certainly with a monster home run off of Shohei Otani as well. The solo shot. Uh, I just I don't really have a lot to complain about when it comes to the offense. Maybe a couple of quibbles here and there, but by and large, I thought the approaches looked much calmer today. And that was something Barker was talking about after the final game of the St. Louis series, that when you get these hits out of the way early, it is kind of contagious, right? I mean, you, I know you can't really quantify necessarily hitting is contagious, but it, it definitely looked like a, a calm permeated the lineup today, so to speak. Well, not everyone can keep up with Brandon Drury, Kyle Farmer, and the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> no, I mean, that is, a, that is a high bar that they've set. Um, yeah, I, I do think that we saw some really good approaches. And the one that stood out to me is Danny Jansen. I, I think that you look at that fly ball he hit deep 
to left field in the fourth inning, even the ground ball in the seventh, those were precursors to the home run that he hit in the ninth. And they all had hard contact, all building off that two home run game that he had Tuesday in St. Louis. This is a player right now who is pretty locked in at the plate, and we're seeing some really good contact from him. Charlie Montoya has said for weeks now that he wants to see one player get locked in and almost nudge everyone else forward. And it wouldn't necessarily have been Danny Jansen that would be the first guess, but he is doing everything he can against, you know, we should mention again, Shohei Otani. That is a really tough opponent to be facing. Do you think, before we get back to the Danny Jansen, and I want to have the conversation about the catchers, generally speaking here, Ben, because it certainly feels like the uh, the Blue Jays have, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say an embarrassment of riches at catcher, but certainly they are very deep at that position. And that's, I, I would say that's even without con- counting Zach Collins. Although, you know, that, that one week we had Zach Collins when he first got called up or a couple weeks after he got called up was uh, very nice, but he did cool off very quickly. Uh, but on Shohei Otani, what do you think the struggle was with him tonight? It certainly seemed like he wasn't as crisp as he usually is. Maybe he was struggling at, at you know at, at times to find the zone. A lot of some pitches were outside. Some pitches were a little above the plate or above the zone. Pardon me. I just he didn't look his usual crisp self. Even though he did actually rack up a decent amount of strikeouts today. This stuff is so good with Shohei Otani, yeah. and you know he's got so much velocity, so much movement. This year, for the most part, he's had command. Now, obviously, he missed his spots at times, and that cost him. Uh, but I really, I, what I saw was still a frontline starter. It was just a frontline starter who was a little bit off, and the Jays were able to take advantage to their credit. Do you think, that, like seeing seeing success against Shohei Otani, gives you more confidence when you look forward to the towards the rest of this four game set i mean the, it, it's not as though the rest of the pitchers in this rotation for the angels are pushovers right chase silseth tomorrow that's a mouthful uh, michael lorenzen on i guess it's on saturday and on sunday patrick sandoval so it, it's not like these guys are, are are pushovers or slouches by any means these are all all three of them are very good pitchers but at the same time i, I do wonder if if you can get it done, your offense against Shohei Otani of all people, the the unanimous AL MVP, then you must feel pretty confident basically against anyone, I would imagine. Yeah, I have to think that the confidence will continue to build. And on Tuesday, I was around the team in St. Louis after that win. And you could tell, I mean, they were relieved. They were feeling good just to have scored those eight runs and taken that step. And I have to imagine now as they are going through their post-game routines and interviews in Anaheim, that there is even more relief. Now, at the same time, there are still some questions that we haven't answered here. And of course, Teoscar Hernandez was not in the lineup today. He got a day off, and he's the player at this point, with Vladdy having homered in back-to-back games, Teo is really the player that everyone is wondering about. And it's, what can he offer? Where is his swing going to be at? And... That, to me, is still a big question that we'll have to see how he looks over the course of the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's a long series. And again, I I did find it interesting with Vladdy as well, Ben, that after a day off, he didn't play first base. I thought it was interesting that he DH'd again the day after they had a a day off on the travel from St. Louis to California. I don't think there's anything really there unless we're told otherwise. Probably just a way of getting him a little more rest ahead of what is 
obviously still a very long season. I mean, it's now May 27th on the East Coast, still the 26th on the West Coast. But, I mean, we're at the end of May here, still about, what, four months left in the season. So we're going to see a lot of playing around with DH spots and and guys getting a a day kind of half off their feet. Uh, Before we get back to the uh, catching conversation, real quick, what did you make of Biggio's debut or maybe reintroduction to the Blue Jays after a bit of a struggle to start the year and then, of course, uh, a stint in rehab COVID-wise down in Buffalo? Well, it wasn't the easiest introduction, right, to be facing Shohei Otani. At the same time, you'd like to see some contact, and he didn't make any. He was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts and a walk. So, okay, you'll take the walk. Um, certainly handled first base adequately, and that's that's good. Uh, but you want to see some contact. You want to see some hard contact from Kevin Biggio, and we didn't see that yet today. You're listening to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali and Ben Nicholson-Smith here with you for another couple of minutes. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll finish that Danny Jansen conversation, and we'll get to your texts at 590-590, name and location. But Blue Jays beat the Angels 6-3 to in this beginning of this four-game series in Los Angeles. You're listening to Jay's Talk. Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. The 0-2 to Jansen again. Sky to center field. Trout on his horse toward the wall. He leaps up. That ball's gone. Danny's gone deep again. His sixth of the year. It's 6-2 Jays. That's Ben Shulman with the call. The maiden voyage for Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Danny Jansen going yard for the third time in two games. Jano just can't stop going deep. He has been on fire on fuego for Danny Jansen here as the Blue Jays win six to three over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You're listening to Jay Stock, Show Alley, and Ben Nicholson Smith with you for a couple more minutes on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And uh, Ben, before we get back to the uh, Danny Jansen conversation, because of course we heard the home run there and some booming hits from Danny Jansen. He, I guess he has just decided to pull everything for power this season, especially the way last season ended and this season began before he went on the IL briefly, but. Uh, let's do the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus play responsibly, Ontario only. It's just funny. Whenever the Blue Jays take a step forward, it just seems like the Yankees figure whatever they have going on and, and they just keep on winning. The Yankees beat the Rays today 7-2. to two, So they're now 32-13. and 13. The Rays fall to 26-18. and 18. So the Jays, after the win tonight at 24-20, and 20, are just two games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's a series the Blue Jays should be keeping an eye on, right, Ben? I mean, if the Yankees can take care of business and beat the Rays, maybe they take one more of three, then if the Jays can can take care of business in Los Angeles, then suddenly you might not see uh, third place next to the Toronto Blue Jays name anymore in the AL East. Well, that would be nice. It's been a while. Uh, they, they definitely have aspirations to be higher than where they are right now. Uh, the Yankees and Rays, yeah, it's a compelling series for sure. And, you know, we should also mention, too, the Red Sox. Oh, baby. Just, yeah. man, they are on some kind of roll. And Trevor Story yeah. all of a sudden has 10 home runs. He had two today. So it's uh, the AL East is always a tough place to play. Man, man, Trevor Story, to start the season, looked like he was, I don't want to say lost necessarily, but he was in the weeds, right? Like he was hacking at some pretty ugly takes uh, very early on in the season. I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, well, leaving Coors Field doesn't look so good for Trevor Story. And then I guess he just decided, I guess he just remembered that he is a very good ball player. And like you said, 10 home runs on the year so far. 
uh, for Trevor Story. He the the Boston Red Sox. I think they won sixteen to seven. They put up sixteen runs today, and uh, they're absolutely phenomenal right now. I guess I guess they've what won eight of their last eleven, which is pretty remarkable. They're twenty one and twenty three. They are three games behind the Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles. So I believe we're off today. They are uh, eighteen and twenty seven. But that's a quick check of the Bet three six five standings update. Uh, of course, the Danny Jansen conversation. I think whenever you have that conversation, Ben, it is a much larger conversation about the catching depth of this Blue Jays organization. There's Jansen. There's, of course, Alejandro Kirk. There is Gabriel Moreno, who is, of course, still down in the minors. And then there are other guys like Heineman and Zach Collins as well. For the purposes of this conversation, let's put Heineman aside. So let's say you have these four catchers, Jansen, Kirk, Moreno, and Collins. A lot of people are wondering, and I see some here on the text line. Uh, you know, would you like? I see one here from Jackie in Melville uh, at five ninety five ninety name and location. What players would you be willing to part with, current roster or minors, to get a substantial left-handed bat? I saw that conversation being had on social media. Ben, is that something you consider when it comes to the catching depth? Maybe parting with some depth there. Wow, it would be tough. It would be tough. I think if it was the right designated hitter right big bat you could think about Kirk I mean that is that is tough because he has really come around offensively and defensively he deserves credit for what he's been able to do with the glove and with his framing even his throwing has improved this year so he is rounded into a more complete catcher um, and you're not going to part with him in uh, any sort of a reckless way but of course you have to consider these things um to me, I think the most likely for the Jays is you just keep rolling with this as long as it's working, and it's definitely working now. And if Gabriel Moreno gets to a point that he is forcing the Blue Jays' hand and he really belongs in that conversation as well, then maybe you have three catchers in the majors. We've seen them do it before. Yeah. They're clearly not opposed to it. Kirk can DH a lot. So, you know, I think that... Moreno, Jansen, Kirk, those are the big three to me with Collins far, far beyond that group as far as, you know, inner circle. But that's a great trio to have at the catching position. Well, and the interesting thing, too, about Moreno is that if Jansen and Kirk keep playing the way they've been playing, then there is no even if Moreno continues to play very well for the Bisons and he has been there's there's no real reason for them to be forced to be bringing him up if Jansen and Kirk are playing well, right? I mean, I guess they could if you, if you really feel like it's going to benefit the ball club, the major league ball club. But if, if, if it's not, I mean, look how long it took Adley Rutschman to get called up, right? I mean, how long did that? I feel like it took him forever to get called up and he was clearly ready probably, what, several months ago? <laughs> I mean, he could probably get a start of the season with the Orioles considering the state of their roster and the Blue Jays considering how deep they are. I just, there's no real reason to part with Jansen and Kirk if it's working, you mentioned the pitch framing development, the defensive development for Kirk. It's funny, too, with the, sh- the offensive struggles before these past couple of games for the Blue Jays. I dare say one of the most consistent batters at the plate, whether he got on base or not, working consistently long ABs was probably Alejandro Kirk. Well, yeah, it's remarkable what he's been able to do with 16 walks compared to just 12 strikeouts. I mean, Danny Jansen at this point, he's a tough guy to take out of the lineup. I mean, if I'm the Jays, I'm making sure that he is in that lineup for the Friday game, whether it's DH, whether it's catching Alec Manoa. That's a a guy who's just hitting so well right now. But Kirk at the same time, I mean, he belongs in the lineup. So maybe we see both of them. Certainly wouldn't be the first time. And the way they're hitting right now, there's a strong case to be made for just that. 
the funny thing too is the the Danny Jansen booming fly out. I guess it was in the fourth inning. That would have been a home run in eighteen of thirty ballparks, wow. which is crazy. Like that that it's it's interesting to think how many balls tonight, not just for the Blue Jays, how many balls were kept in Angel Stadium? I don't, and again, we've had this conversation before, you and I, about the dead baseballs and whether or not the weather affects those kinds of things and so on. I don't have the data in front of me, but. I mean, there were a couple of hits, I think a little later on from Juan Ligares, Anthony Rendon hit a couple that I think could have easily been home runs in other ballparks. And I mean, we saw there was a shot during the game on, on television from the Sportsnet TV feed where you see John Schneider, he picked up a ball that landed either near or in the Blue Jays dugout and he handed it to Charlie Montoya and they're kind of like, they're kind of comparing it and they pass it down the line. So I think clearly there's something there, but at the same time, it it, it clearly didn't, really help or hurt either team, uh, you know, too much in either way tonight. The Jays will take this one the way it ended up. Yes. And, you know, it's funny too. <laughs> you see the occasional missed call and it caught both ways at times with some pitches off the plate being called uh, for, for strikes. That's going to happen in the course of a game. You have hundreds of pitches thrown. Um, you, you like to think that those calls even out over a long season. And when you have a margin like this, where the Blue Jays, of course, built themselves up, a little lead and they're able to put it away six, three by the time it's all said and done, they clearly earned this win. I mean, they outplayed the angels today. They, yeah. they, they really played well enough to win and set up the next three games, which, you know, for the Jays to have Manoa going tomorrow, that's a great spot to have things lined up. Uh, before we go, we have a couple minutes left here on Jays talk, Ben um, quickly, Hyunjin Ryu, uh, you know, he only had the one whiff through the first three innings, but in the end, there's a lot of weak contact that oddly got through the, the defense today. Some bloop singles, right? Just past the second base bag on David Phelps too, actually. But Ryu still managed to shimmy his way through five innings of work, right? Five total innings pitched, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, one strikeout. I feel like we're always having the conversation about, is this something to build on for Ryu? But considering where he left this ball game and the pitch count and so on, I'm again, perfectly fine with this being the place they leave him and going to the bullpen, especially after a day off of work. I, I agree with that. I think that they had arrested bullpen. You take your five innings from Ryu. That's a successful outing for him. He's their fifth starter at yeah. this point. So you don't need him to go out there and give you seven innings or get seven or eight or nine strikeouts. This was a solid outing for him, and the Jays are, have a lot of reason to be happy with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, Hyunjin Ryu, I think, uh, with, a, with a pretty decent outing here in the 6-3 win. Ben, this was fun. Uh, I look forward to doing it again with you uh, tomorrow night. Hopefully it's not too long a game tomorrow, though. Absolutely. Always fun show. Thanks for having me on. That's Ben Nicholson-Smith, and that does it for Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thank you for being up with us for some late-night baseball. The Jays win at 6-3 over the Angels in the first of four. We will get back at it tomorrow. Ben Shulman and Ben Nicholson-Smith on the call. And as Ben mentioned, Alec Manoa heads to the mound for the Jays. Chase Silseth will go for the Angels. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feature wild side baseball fans. Again, Jays win 6-3. to BNS and I are back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.